Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today is Thursday teacher talk. So we're going to be starting with the end in mind. Some things I'm going to be talking about are why starting with the end in mind is so very helpful. Also, I'm going to be explaining to you how important it is to find out the laws in your state and what is required there. Once you do know that, we're going to talk about mapping out starting with the end in mind. I'm going to give you some questions for that. Then I'm also going to give you some questions to guide you in some preliminary research. Lastly, I'm going to give you other questions for things that you do need to think about and ponder. I will be putting all these questions in the show notes. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper. You're not going to want to miss what I have to say in this episode. Let's get into the podcast. So starting with the end in mind and why this is going to be so very helpful. Six top reasons why I believe this is going to benefit you so much. First, beginning with the end in mind maximizes the potential you have for achieving your desired goal. Two, you are starting with a clear understanding of the destination. Three, you will also avoid doing things just for the sake of doing things and being busy and you can and will be more intentional with your time and resources if you have the end in mind. Four, you can think about the actions and the potential outcomes before they happen and how you will react and how you will act in them. Five, you're always prepared. You never have to guess because you already know where you're going. Six, you can determine if an assignment or a topic is worth pursuing. You may start a assignment and realize this is not serving the goal and you can stop instead of wasting your time thinking that I might be on the right track because you will know your final destination. Like let's give an example. If you're looking to lose weight, you know that planning your meals in advance is really important. Otherwise, you're going to be scurrying for food when you're hungry and it probably won't be good food because you're going to need it in a hurry. So you're going to probably go to a fast food restaurant. So that those are some reasons why I believe starting with the end in mind is going to be so helpful. Now, some practical things. Find out the laws in your state as to what is required. You can go to the HSLDA and find that out. Once you know, then I would say go start mapping out, starting with the end in mind, what that's going to look like for you. I want you to grab a piece of paper and start jotting down. I have a couple of questions I want you to think about. One question is, what are the subjects you want to teach? 
keep it to three or four the most. And be sure that one is an elective, like art, music, dance, something in that vein. And the reason why I say that is because you want to teach to both sides of your child's brain. You don't want to just make one side so pumped and then the other side is not as developed. So we have our left brain child and the right brain child, right? So left brain child is extremely logical, always doing things for information and learning. And then you have your right brain child that's extremely creative or the right brain part that uses creativity as its fuel. And God gave us both sides so that they both should be used. Now, if we we tend to use the left side of our brain much more than our right side of our brain, unless you're an extreme creative. And when we use the left side so much, it can get fatigued. But when we begin to use the right side of our brain, it gives our left side time to rest. Then that left side begins to process the information. It's almost like when you go to the gym and you're working out really, really hard and you're tearing your muscles and then you have a rest day and your body begins to repair. It's the same thing that happens in your brain. Your brain begins to process the information and it goes into like a rest state, but yet your right side of your brain is still working and you're able to still be doing things educationally. So that's my reason why I say have one of those subjects be an elective so that way your child has an outlet of some sort to be able to let the left side process. Then I would say do some preliminary research, right? Take time to find out the cool things in the subject, like subcategories within the subject, maybe some specific niche things within the subject. Then what have other people done, right, within the subject that you choose or the subjects that you've chosen? Write those things down, everything you should be writing down and not in these elaborate paragraphs, like literally jot them down, have a notebook and have your pages separated, preliminary research. Um, The other one is mapping out, starting with, starting with the end in mind. So that way you have space to write down your thoughts. So in the preliminary research, we have take time to find out cool things in the subject, like subcategories within the subject, maybe some specific niche things. What have other people done? And what are your kids' strengths? What are your strengths? What are your kids really good at? And what are you really good at? These things tend to give you an insight into what is going to be the best way for your child to learn. Then from then some things to think about. What kind of a lifestyle do you want to have, right? So are you guys going to be a more of a play-based learning? Will you be more outdoorsy, outdoor learning? Um, are you going to be using videos? Are you going to be doing project-based learning? Charlotte Mason, inquiry-based learning. 
Or are you going to have a little bit of everything? Are you going to educate them for mastery in these air in an area that you choose or that they choose? Or are you going to give it a basic understanding? Will you use the spiral method? Are you going to teach thematically? Are you going to write a mission and a vision statement for your family? Are you going to teach all the subjects or are you going to do some partnering with other people who are stronger in other subjects that you're not? What books or literature are you going to read? As you figure out the subjects, look ahead and what are the goals for these subjects? I want you to take time to really think about all this. Do not rush. You're no longer in a rush. You've chosen to do the schooling on your own and I'm here to help you. And I need you to understand you're no longer locked in a timeline. There's no time frame for you to get everything done. In fact, your kid is probably going to get some things done faster and, or, and other things will take a little longer. And that's perfectly fine. There really is no rush. And that really is the beauty of homeschooling. I'm going to choose biology as a subject I'm talking about to give you an example of how to implement a basic, a rudimentary style version of starting with the end in mind. So I am going to be starting with biology, right? So my end will be, I want to teach my child photosynthesis. And I've decided, you know, what level I'm going to teach my child photosynthesis because right now they're in elementary school, right? So in elementary school age, I would teach the basics of photosynthesis. So photosynthesis, what are the elements that are needed in photosynthesis? So it needs, first needs to be a plant of some sort, right? Because I feel like a carrot, I could do a demo on that best. So carrot is going to be my plant that uses photosynthesis for growth, right? So my carrot, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want them to know that this carrot used sunlight, carbon dioxide, water, and nutrients from the ground to be able to grow. So that is my final goal, that my child will be able to explain, understand that concept. Great. I got it down. Now, how am I going to start my lesson? I really would like to start my lesson with fun questions to make them think. So I would start with a question like, what do you need? I'd ask them that. So for you to grow up and get big, what do you need? They should all say some type of food. Some kids might say milk. Some kids might say food or vegetables, things like that. Now, if they don't, <laughs> then I need to make sure I establish that and I'd have to go back. But for the time's sake, once they say that, I would take out a carrot, right? And I would say, how did this carrot grow from a seed to a full-size carrot? Did this carrot eat food? And I would give them like a question face. Let them think about it. They might be, they might, some might say, yeah, he ate food. They ate food? Now, does a carrot have a mouth and a stomach like we do to digest food? Where is the carrot's mouth and where is the carrot's stomach? Right? So the kids should give you like a face, like the who farted face, like, hmm? And what have I done right now? I've made them curious. I have started an investigation for them to answer. 
And this is really cool because it's no longer them just trying to answer questions or just trying to learn a topic. Now I've made it very investigative. So everything that we do from here forward is going to satisfy their curiosity, right? So that lesson hook that I just said is basically called an anticipatory set. It's a lesson hook. It hooks anybody in by giving them questions that are going to make them think and have to think for an answer. So now I'm going to give them the materials to start finding out their answers, right? So my lesson intro, I could either give a reading, which would be a paragraph. I wouldn't give more than a paragraph, honestly, um, because I, I'm not trying to overwhelm them. I'm really trying to slowly begin my lesson for photosynthesis, right? Or a short video. And sometimes guest speakers are really fun that you don't have to do all the talking. You can just let the guest speaker do that. I love, love guest speakers. And then I would prepare them. I would say, you know, we're going to either read a paragraph or watch the short video. And this is what I want you to look for. Or this is what I want you to listen, listen out for on your, and then what you can do is you can have a sheet for them to look over like a guided sheet to follow. So with that, they can first watch the video or read the paragraph pretty simply, nothing that has anything to do with answering questions yet. Then that guided sheet that you gave them, which should be just a couple of questions because you have to have already watched the video. You would have to have already read the paragraph to create these questions, right? That's, this is what we do as well as teachers in a traditional school. And you could do that too as the homeschool teacher. So get those questions out. I would not put more than three, honestly. Three questions is sufficient. And it really depends on your final product, right? So my final product is them having a description of photosynthesis. So in my questions, I would make sure that they're pulling the information out from either the reading or the video so that when they do their final project, they'll be able to utilize that information to support them, right? So with that, after they've done that, after they watch the video and they, they've answered their questions, now we'll go through discussion. We'll talk about the questions. I'll ask them about it. I'll ask them to give me their answers. And then if there's siblings there, we can all be asking each other questions and, and hearing each other's answers. Once all that is done and we've gone to a nice little discussion, there may be some rabbit trails, no problem because you already know where you're going. So you can go on your rabbit trails and have a little bit of fun with that. Then you can just swing it back to now your lesson activity. For me, the lesson activity I would choose is to have them create a a photosynthesis poster from what they learned on the video, right? I would make sure that they've drawn out a carrot, drawn out the sun, draw out how the water comes in. I would have them draw out the CO2 in the air. I would have them, you know, draw out the nutrients in 
the dirt in the ground. Then I'd have them label it all and put some captions in there to explain what's happening all on the poster. And let's say you have two kids who are doing it. To make sure that both kids are doing it, I would give them each a different color of marker. So it would be a, it would only be a two-toned poster board. And sometimes some kids won't be very happy with that. They're like, no, I want a different color. But that's going to really be up to your discretion. You can have them start off with a two-tone um, markers and then you can let them after fill it in and color in, you know, the carrot and all these different things. So once they've done the poster, you can look at it and you can see, did they get the information? Did they figure out where it all comes from? And then you could have them present it to you, right? So now they're going to present it. So in this very short lesson, we've gone through so many different learning styles and different learning different ways of ways of learning. Honestly, I'm really a proponent to doing all different ways of learning. I'm not big on just utilizing one way of teaching and that my child is only going to learn their main strength, right? I'm going to use their main strength as maybe the final products or the the highlight to help them really solidify their work, but we're going to use everything because everything exists in the world. So once they finished presenting, now I'll know if they've learned it or not, right? I will have that clear understanding that my final destination, they have reached it. And that is starting with the end in mind. Next week, we're going to be talking about anticipatory sets, how to start with anticipatory sets. What are different anticipatory sets that you can utilize? Because that lesson hook in the very beginning when I asked those questions, that's called an anticipatory set. I'll even give you some resources so you can further look into what anticipatory sets you can use. Also, in the show notes for this episode, I'm going to put all those questions in there so that way you'll be able to just copy and paste and answer those questions for yourself instead of, you know, just listening to it and letting it go over your head. So I hope this episode was helpful. If you have any feedback, please, by all means, email me at realedtalk at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-E-D. T-A-L-K at gmail.com. I really do hope to hear from you. Take care and have a great day. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email realedtalk 
at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time. Mm -hmm.